Let's be clear. Russia is not our enemy. However, polls indicate that 70% of Americans view Russia as the enemy. Majorities also support a no-fly zone over Ukraine, a policy that would undoubtedly spark World War III. Of course, when social media corporations are willing to allow posts urging violence against Russians and censor all outlets that provide the Russian viewpoint, it is safe to say that much of the U.S. population could not possibly understand the perils associated with no-fly zones. A wave of Russophobia has swept over the West to create a suffocating Cold War atmosphere amid Russia's ongoing military operation in Ukraine. But to understand Russia's military operation, its perspective must be taken seriously. This is an unpopular undertaking in the West, since it is far easier to demonize Vladimir Putin and Russia than it is to confront the complicity of your own imperialist government. The fact is that the war did not begin when Russia declared Lugansk and Donetsk independent states in late February, nor did it begin when Russia launched its operation shortly thereafter. The war began in October of 1917 when Russia embarked on the path of socialism. The Bolshevik Revolution paved a path of peace in Russia during World War II. For this, the so-called Western allies invaded the Soviet Union on the side of the defeated counter-revolutionary White Army. The invasion included the deployment of at least 13,000 American troops. Western military support for the counter-revolutionaries prolonged a civil war, which would take the lives of 7 to 12 million people in the Soviet Union. Just decades later, the Soviet Union would face another invasion from fascist Germany this time, which took the lives of 27 million more. NATO was formed in 1949 with the express purpose of containing the Soviet Union in the name of defending freedom and democracy in Europe. In other words, NATO has always been an instrument of the Cold War. NATO joined other major Western institutions in recruiting Nazis after World War II into high-ranking positions to bolster their Cold War effort. Adolf Hausinger, for example, was Adolf Hitler's former chief of staff and served as third of command in the Nazi military. In 1961, he began a three-year stint as chairman of NATO's military committee. Nazi General Hans Speidel served as the supreme commander of NATO's ground forces in Central Europe from 1957 to 1963. NATO thus collaborated with the very fascist forces that took part in one of the most brutal invasions in world history, in particular in Russia. The collapse of the Soviet Union four and a half decades later ushered in an economic and political dark age for Russia and unleashed the full wrath of U.S. and NATO-led imperialism. One of the few concessions that imperialism made to the former Soviet Union was a promise not to expand NATO another inch eastward of Germany. This promise has been broken 14 times since 1997. NATO has expanded into Eastern Europe and the former Soviet bloc states, all the way up to Russia's border and waged brutal wars of aggression around the world, including in the former Yugoslavia, Afghanistan, and Libya. This history alone exposes the dishonesty of those who claim that Russia has no reason to feel threatened by NATO. Over the past 25 years, Russia has made explicitly clear that NATO's expansion is a threat to its existence and would be treated as such. So too have U.S. officials, such as former U.S. Ambassador to Russia and current CIA Director William Burns. Still, NATO has not just expanded, but also held dozens of military exercises that directly provoke Russia. 
This includes massive drills in Estonia in 2016, the deployment of thousands of U.S. troops and first strike capabilities to Poland in 2017, and the performance of war game simulations against a quote-unquote Russian attack in Norway in 2018. Ukraine has always been Russia's red line, and the U.S.-NATO alliance has repeatedly crossed it. In 2008, the U.S. announced its intention to admit Georgia and Ukraine into NATO. Six years later, the U.S. financed and supported a far-right and Nazi coup in Ukraine to overthrow the democratically elected government of Viktor Yanukovych. In the aftermath of this violent coup, Ukraine's military apparatus integrated Nazi organizations such as the Azov Battalion into its ranks and gained access to billions in NATO weapons. Canadian and military officers have trained these forces for combat. Ukraine's military has made use of its special relationship with the imperialists to wage a brutal assault on eastern Ukraine, which has killed upwards of 10,000 Russian-speaking people in the Donbass region. Donbass is located along the Russia-Ukrainian border. Despite the obvious threat of Ukraine's constant violation of the 2015 Minsk II ceasefire agreement to Russia's security, the Russian Federation waited years before intervening directly. In the months prior to February 24th's intervention, Russia proposed a list of eight demands to the U.S., NATO, and Ukraine, which essentially called for the demilitarization of the country, the guarantee that Ukraine would not be admitted into NATO, and the use of the U.N.'s multilateral institutions to resolve conflict. These demands were met with total rejection, thereby eliminating the space for diplomacy between the parties. Russia calculated that only force was the le option left on the table. This doesn't mean that Russia isn't violating international law as it is currently constituted or causing real damage to Ukraine's society. Indeed, an operation of this kind that Russia is waging is meant to place pressure on Ukraine's government to take its interests seriously. So far, the U.S.-NATO alliance has responded by pumping even more military weaponry into Ukraine while imposing starvation sanctions onto Russia. This has led Russia to scale up its demands, to include a change in Ukraine's constitution, to enshrine neutrality, and recognize not just Donetsk and Lugansk as independent states, but also Crimea as Russian territory. The message is clear. Russia will not end the war without being treated as an equal by those who provoke the crisis. No number of sanctions or military escalations can force Russia to concede on its demands. Russia believes that international law is simply not applicable when the U.S.-NATO alliance and its imperialist allies have spent the last half-century trampling on it whenever they see fit. The imperialists see themselves as international law, and Russia's very existence is nothing but a nuisance that must be contained. Russia's perspective is therefore not as detached from reality as Western observers suggest. Russia has been invaded numerous times in the last century and is now being actively threatened by imperialist forces deeply connected to this history. The goal of U.S.-NATO imperialism remains the further dismemberment and overthrow of the Russian Federation. Ukraine is nothing but a chip in this process. Luckily, a multipolar world is in birth and growing faster than the U.S. and its imperialist allies expected. Russia has reliable friends, including, including a rising socialist and stable China that can help soften the blow of sanctions. Russia also has the capacity to restructure its economies in ways that prevent total collapse, even if hardship from U.S. and EU sanctions is guaranteed. 
arrogant imperialists who drool over the prospect of Russia falling beneath the weight of the mighty USA are not only mistaken, but are likely in for a rude awakening. Imperialist aggression against Russia threatens global stability and is already sending shockwaves throughout the capitalist economy in the form of price hikes. Russia's perspective teaches us the most important lesson of all, that peace and stability worldwide is impossible unless the root of endless war is extinguished. That is, only the eradication of NATO can open up the necessary breathing room for a political environment to emerge where Russia and Ukraine are able to independently resolve conflicts free of foreign interference. That is Russia's perspective, and that must be taken seriously if peace is truly to be achieved in the coming days, weeks, and years to come.